We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here, as always. Shout out to the sponsors. Oh, man, Andreas is in a crib as well. Coming to you once again. Again, early in the week on a Wednesday, uh, you know, we aim for Tuesday, but we had to wait again because the WWE keeps changing stuff up on us. And you guys will hear that right after the break in the second segment, a ton of WWE stuff to talk about. So if that's why you're here, you're going to love it. But as always, we got to start off with something outside of the realm of combat sports. And it's a topic that's become kind of popular on this show, right? And it is social commentary. Colin Kaepernick covered GQ 
Dre, you were tweeting about it, talking about it on social media all day yesterday. I didn't see too much negative reaction. It seems like you got the brunt of it. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of negative reaction for it. Um, I mean, they talked about it on talk shows. They talked about it on ESPN. Um, there's some people who agree and some people who don't agree that he should be citizen of the year. And I think it's funny, uh, the people that are butthurt by this. And it, it, I think it's not a coincidence, but uh, that I was caught up in a whole lot of conversation about Kaepernick just because I started talking about, you know, some of these quarterbacks that are getting signed and starting and nobody's taking a chance on Kaepernick. And uh, people are so resistant and don't want to admit that he got blackballed from the league or saying he's not good enough. And I'm like, we're still making these things up. Like, let's just face the facts. The fact is, is that the, the, the world has a very uh, unique way of telling people the truth. And when all these quarterbacks have gone down, you can't tell me that Colin Kaepernick couldn't play for, the, you know, the Texans, for instance. Or he couldn't play right now for Buffalo, who's starting a fifth-round draft pick over Tyrod Taylor. Um, that, I mean, Green that's Bay. That's a crock of shit already, though. Tyrod <laughs> has his team in the playoff chase. Exactly. I mean, he has one bad game and they're ready to bench him. I mean, that's all, always the dichotomy of the black quarterback to begin with. But, you know, it's just it's interesting because people's like, well, he made his bed, he should lie in it. Well, the bed only got made because no team signed him before the season started. If they it would have signed Colin Kaepernick, it wouldn't be as big of a deal as it is right now about him not playing. But the owners let this shit drag on too long. And, uh, you know, now he's Citizen of the Year by GQ magazine. And people are some people aren't too happy about that. But who cares, man? He, he did. It's, it's strange because before it almost be blasphemous to say that he's like Ali because, you know, there was a lot that Ali did. But at the same time, the, the disruption that he's caused and he hasn't said a word has created more dialogue than anybody else has in like the past 20 years. Like this conversation is still going. and It's been over a year. So he deserves it. Uh, good for him. The spread is amazing. Um, and the, the interviews with all the people that are around him are great, too. And I actually appreciate his silence because at this point, what is there to say? Yeah, there's, there's nothing left. The, a picture says a thousand words, right? And all of his pictures, his images, the pictures of him taking the all that stuff, it says more than he ever can. At this point, he got his point across. People either want to listen or they don't want to listen. And yeah. that's what it's down to now. It's like, yo, I'm not against the military. I'm not against the service people. You know, I'm kneeling because one serviceman suggested the kneel. I'm doing all this stuff. They still don't care. They don't want to listen to the reasoning. They don't want to listen to the real reason behind it because that's scary. You have to face issues. And not to say that those issues are right or wrong. Or, you know, people can feel how they want about the issue itself. But just address the real issue. That's what I'm coming down to now. Like, at this point, you know what, my man, if you think everyone is equal and you think, you know, black people don't get the wrong end of the stick as far as, you know, being in front of police and all this stuff and injustice, that's cool. But make sure you're addressing that issue. Because at least we have a starting point now. Don't, don't turn this into, oh, it's him versus the military. Or him specifically attacking policemen. And I got a policeman in my family and blah, blah. Man, you, you're so off of the point. Just let's get to the right issue and then tell me how you feel about that issue. Whether you feel it's right or wrong, just tell me how you feel about the real issue at hand. That's all I ask at this point. I've, I've come down a couple notches from where I was. Like, let's just talk about the real issue. I'm not even trying to convince you to see the way it, see it the way we see it. I just want you to see that that is the issue at hand. 
Yeah, I mean, people, did, you know, they just don't want to admit it, admit to it. They feel like they've uh, rolled this thing out so long that they there's no reason uh, to back down. And uh, that's fine and dandy, but, you know, you're going to be met with resistance. And, uh, you know, this is resistance. And it, it's funny uh, watching uh, Will Kane on ESPN. And, you know, Will Kane's he's good sport. He's a decent sports commentator. But uh, watching him, Max Kellerman, and Stephen A. Smith go discuss this in uh Kane was like, you know, he could have did it like Malcolm Jenkins or he could have. It's like you're telling us how to protest again. That's always my problem. It's like the most divisive is the only one that gets the job done. And Muhammad Ali, nobody liked that he didn't that he wouldn't step up and be in the military. And people said so many things about him. And then 20 years later, 30 years later now. Well, shit. Yeah. 30 years later, it took until he was unable to speak anymore that people appreciated what he did. And Colin Kaepernick, you know. Donating the money that he and the time that he has done to these uh, community efforts, and uh, you know, putting his career on the line. I mean, Ali did the same thing. He lost three years of his of his prime years in boxing as the best boxer. He lost that. Um, Colin Kaepernick, obviously not the best quarterback, and, and and that's one thing I've had people tell me about how good Colin Kaepernick is. It's hard to tell that to somebody who's been a diehard 49er fan for his entire life. How good or bad Kaepernick is. I've seen him at his worst. I've seen him hold the ball too long in the pocket. I've seen him overthrow receivers. But he was a lot better with the shitty team last year. And he's better than at least 32 quarterbacks that are rostered in the NFL right now. That's the so key. He's not, he doesn't have to be Tom Brady. He's just no. better than a lot of these other guys. No, I mean, his athletic ability alone is far and beyond a lot of these players. Uh, yeah, there's things that he does not. His clock management has always been piss poor. You know, he's under center for the Niners, but you know how many delay of game penalties we have with Colin Kaepernick? It's crazy. But those are things that you can fix. And what he did last season, I, you know, I had Sunday ticket. I watched most of the Niners games that I could digest <laughs> watching. He was better than he was the previous year. And he should be rostered. And, and people who want to argue that are fucking ridiculous. I mean, we got guys getting signed who haven't thrown a pass in the NFL in three and four years. So it's like if you're going to argue that point that he's not good enough, then that's stupid. But now if you want to argue that what he's doing is wrong, and you know, then that's stupid. Because you're not, you're not having any empathy for our situation. Because, I mean, just look at the dialogue that has caused and look at you know, what's happened in the past few years. And I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but we've discussed this over and over again. Um, he's just stepping up for what he believes in. If you can't have any respect for that and him putting his career on the line for the, these issues, then I, I just don't know what to tell you anymore. So, I mean, his career is over, right? His NFL career is over. For all intents and purposes, yeah. It just is. I, I don't see it going any other way. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to hold out hope on it. It's a wrap. But his legacy is only in the beginning. Like, the, the commentary seems to be such that it's going to outlast anything he would have done in the NFL. I don't Absolutely. care if he would have came in and won two championships. This this is now already bigger than that. What's his legacy in the end? What, what do you think this ends? Or does it end? Is this the beginning and, and he's looked at as a guy who has changed how politics are handled in sports? Um, historically, when we look back at this in the context of culture, it'll be have a huge impact um, and pe this is what people will remember about Colin Kaepernick. And uh, furthermore, this will be in our school books. This will be something that is discussed much more than his actions, uh, well, his play on the field. Uh, but <laughs> well, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, Ali's not in our school books. You'd be surprised what, how much, how little what we do are in the school books. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm hoping that in the next, you know, 
10 years that we start seeing more uh, people of color and their impact on our culture in these history books. Um, I, asked my, I asked my daughter last week. She did a project on Martin Luther King, right? Mm-hmm. And that was her person in school and all this stuff. Huge project. She did it. She, you know, kind of started talking to her about, you know, the history and all this stuff behind it. I said, that's cool. I was like, do you know who Malcolm X is? She oh, they was, still don't teach that. She was like, no, I have no clue who Malcolm X is. I was like, so, and she got like a 96% on this paper on like Martin Luther King. I was like, so how'd you get an A? I was like, you, you can't have the yin without the yang. Like, what, what did you look up? Like, how, how do you see any type of literature that does not bring up Malcolm X in regards to Martin Luther King? Just on the different aspects of what they did at the same time. Like, wh- one did stuff very differently, but let's be real, it was just as impactful, if not more so. Both were needed. And I was like, she had no clue who he was. No, I mean, that's cool. And I was like, yo, I got to give you a whole different book. Like, like yeah. I don't care. Like, it's, it's crazy. So it's, you'd be surprised how that narrative, even in schools now, and people talk progression and all this stuff. And yeah, but the way that kids are being taught, the teachers still hold bias, even though they can say the younger generations are moving past that, which honestly it should be. And they probably are. You're getting more assimilated. More people are mixed. You're, getting, you're being brought up in a diverse culture. You should be a little bit further advanced. And my kids probably see race a lot differently than my generation did, than your generation, definitely than our parents' generation. But the teachers are still all the same. And they're hiding a lot of shit still. Yeah, but I mean, you know, the case of Colin Kaepernick, I don't expect it to be in our school books for like our fifth graders or our high school students. I, th- I expect this to be taught in college. Um, what an athlete can do with social issues, and I expect his face to be there. So when, when we talk about legacy, that's what I think is going to be more important than anything else. But his story's not done yet. We don't know what he'll do next um, or what is le- left for him to do. You look at John Carlos and Tommy Smith and the, uh, the symbol of them standing at the Olympics with a black fist with a black glove raising the air. Um, and you look at them now, and they're not rich, but they had a very significant impact in our culture, and that's how they were remembered more than what they did in the Olympic Games. So that's that's going to be the legacy of Colin Kaepernick. Um, his story's not done, but yeah, I mean, he still got the, the you know the, the lawsuit against the NFL. So all this stuff will be interesting to c- continue to watch play out. Um, but who knows? I, I'm not even sure if he knows what's next after that. This. So yeah. just got to kind of stay I tuned. can say he's not playing. <laughs> like I can say that yeah. pretty confidently. Yeah, the not NFL here. wants no parts of him. Um, talking about that, another person to grace a cover: Kendrick Lamar, cover Forbes. Uh, 30 yep. under 30. That's another thing interesting to see, which was great cover spread. Um, huge, huge props to him. And they they said, you know, he's kind of hip-hop's conscious, I think they called him, on the cover. And it's cool that he's getting played for being different, for being outspoken. Is this now, like, the in vogue thing to do, though? Like, it, where does it switch where you say, you know what? You're kind of just using this because it's a talking point. Like, well, I mean, I think, it, it's it, a it's, weird it's, dynamic. It's it's kind of short sighted to even look at it like that. I mean, the, the reality is is that Kendrick Lamar has the most talked about album of the year again, and <laughs> it, you look at an artist like that, and I think that is the reason he's on the cover. I mean, ultimately, when you work at a magazine um, or you write for a magazine, you know the goal is to sell covers. Yep. And uh, Kendrick Lamar is 
one of the top selling artists this year. Uh, I think he's going to be third to Ed Sheeran and uh, Taylor Swift, who did nuclear numbers, obviously. But culturally, neither of them are, are doing what Kendrick Lamar is doing. So there's a reason why he landed on that cover. And uh, it's not, you know, it's the fact of the matter is the, the Kendrick Lamars, the Colin Kaepernick's, you know, the Michael Bennett's, uh, you know, like the Van Joneses, uh, the Angela Rise. Like you look at these people who are making cultural differences and they're people of color. Um, you know, you even look at it TV. Uh, a friend of mine, Lena Waithe, who uh, was a writer on Master of None, has got a series coming out on Showtime about Chicago titled The Shy. Uh, who have she's she's a lesbian. She's a fantastic writer. A friend of mine, Jazz Fly, is a writer on This Is Us, and uh, she just landed a show. Props to her on Showtime with uh, that she's going to be writing for Jim Carrey. Um, people are making moves, and people have to recognize these moves. You can't ignore them. So, if, you know, if Kendrick wasn't on the cover, if Colin wasn't on the cover, we'd be bitching about that. The magazines aren't doing the right thing. Yeah, so, that's true. I, I, it just makes me wonder if it's in vogue. It's not, you know, undeserved. Like, I, I think it's well-deserved. Um, I, I think it's what should happen. It's just, when you say, like, their job is to move covers. Yeah. It's, do you move covers because these guys are, in Kendrick's case, because he's the most accomplished and well-known out of your 30, under 30? Or do you move covers because being an outspoken black man is in vogue? Because now it it garners attention because the people who like him are riding for him, but equally as much that the other side is so against speaking out on these issues is it a country divided like are you playing both sides like are, are you doing it to just play on that narrative that we have going now you know for better or worse it's the trump era you know? it, there's no gray area anymore well i think it kind of answers the question in itself i think you look at the, the state of the country and you look at somebody like a kendrick lamar who is accomplished as a musician so you i mean again you have to put him on the cover you're trying to sell magazines, yes, but you can't ignore the fact that he is probably the most accomplished person on the 30, under 30 right now. Um, you know, in the case of Colin Kaepernick, the biggest talking point that has caused the biggest rupture in sports is Colin Kaepernick. Um, so it's, it, you can't ignore it. I mean, obviously you could say J.J. Watt, but J.J. Watt's not even moving the needle like Colin Kaepernick is right now. So it's, I don't think it's an end vogue thing. Um, obviously, there's going to be people that don't buy the magazine because Colin Kaepernick is on the cover or don't buy the magazine because Kendrick Lamar is on the cover. But you just got to kind of go with what's right. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, you are you have to sell a magazine. So it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, but I it, it like kind of works out for us. I feel like it's the most talked about thing right now. I, I feel, and this is the craziest shit ever, if Tyron Woodley, and we'll talk about UFC here in a second, uh, if it's proven that he's going to fight Nate Diaz and all this shit, if he walks out in that press conference and takes a knee, It'll make him bigger than anything else he's done in his career. And it would sell that fight. Just because that narrative is in vogue. It's, it's so different with the UFC, and he, though. And we'll, we'll talk about out. that later. Like, if, if he yeah. just took a knee on stage, if he came out... What would he be taking a knee, knee for, for on re stage? Regardless. It, do you think these people care? If he just came out... It looks stupid if he took a knee took on a stage. Took a knee and raised oh. his fist on stage, the shit would be on everything. It, it would look stupid. It would. We're, we're I'm just saying, though. It's like the thing is in vogue. Like, it, it's crazy that that's. We talked about the black villain for so long, right? And to be famous, you kind of. They, they perpetuate this black villain role. Back to, like, you know, the pimps in movies and shit. And that you, everyone had to be a pimp and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the NWA is blowing up. The black villain, 
even in sports, the Ali's, the Tyson, they, they want the scary black man role. And that's how you get across. And Floyd used that to make money. I'm wondering if we're seeing the next evolution of that role, which less scary black man, more aware black man. Though the educated, aware black man who speaks his mind might be the new version of the scary black man and might be the selling point. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, we'll, we'll discuss UFC furthermore in, in detail about that actual bullshit fight but in Tyron Woodley's case he's he's functioning in a universe that doesn't give a fuck about him like the UFC <laughs> and its fans don't care about Tyron Woodley and a matter of fact they hate his guts so Tyron Woodley's story is going to need to be told off to the stage uh, I mean personally I'm hoping that I get an opportunity to do it on a bigger platform but uh you know and I've, I've you know full disclosure I've pitched this story to ESPN the undefeated and I got nothing back but the reality is, is that a guy like Tyron Woodley needs a stage outside of the UFC to make his presence felt because that is still, strangely enough, a very um, conservative, uh, I don't want my politics in my sport, Dana White, Trump supporting fan base, unfortunately. So whatever he does, he'll be cast as a villain. And it's, it'll be even hard to get that message outside of the sport because the UFC controls all of its messaging. So it's it's hard, and I I hope there's something that Tyron can do, and I hope I can help him do that. But who knows, man? It's it, like him being a villain won't even help him. Like the UFC will, will try their best to get that belt off him if he try if he tries to be more political. Yeah, I mean, good thing is he controls that with his right hand, so he he has all control on how long he holds the belt. Um, before we go into combat sports, which we're drifting into. Uh, it's Survivor Series week, and we're going to talk about wrestling later, but I thought it'd be cool to take a nice little spin on the Survivor Series matchups. For people who aren't wrestling fans, it's a five-on-five match where you pull random talent from across the WWE. This year, each brand has their own team, and you make this like hodgepodge group of characters. Whether you're a good guy or a bad guy, it doesn't matter. You put them all together, and you see which team is best. You try to make your best two teams possible. I wanted to do that with hip-hop. So, uh, since Dre, you know, he is the connoisseur of hip-hop on this show, uh, I want to test my skills against this, see what you guys think. Which one of us can make the better Survivor Series hip-hop team? The only rules we have is you can get three rappers, any type of rappers, but you have to have one mumble rap rapper, just because every Survivor Series team has the one jobber, kind of, or the weak link. So that would be our mumble rap rapper, and we have to have one female MC. As well. So three rappers, any kind, one mumble rap, and one female MC. You can be the A show on this, Dre. You would be raw. You take your first pick. Well, okay. So I got a couple of questions. because We got to go I'm one and one because you're not just going to wash me. Well, no, of course not. But what, is, what are we looking for in, to have a better team? Are we looking for battle MCs? Are we looking for just great rappers? Like, what are we looking at here? Whatever your criteria is, you can draft those and we let the people decide. So you get three rappers, one mumble rap guy or young kid right now, but it can't be like a dope conscious young kid. You can't pick Chance or someone like that. Um, and one female MC. Jesus Christ. Um, okay, another question. <laughs> <laughs> does When we choose a rapper, does it mean his entire body of work or is it from a certain era of his work? So it's like if I was choosing Kurt Angle, would it be like, Kurt currently, Angle. no, 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 currently. Because it's so like, I have to pick, you, Kurt Angle I, now, not 2002 Kurt Angle. 
Like, you okay. got to take three neck surgeries fresh off a of GM Kurt Angle. Just like Triple H. You're taking CEO Triple H. Not wow. DX Triple H. So, same thing stands in hip-hop right now. Oh, so, good, I'm, I'm good. not going to pick Joe Budden now because he's everyday struggle Joe Budden. Right. Okay, well, if I got the first pick, I got Kendrick. Then, if we're talking about right now, if we're doing historically, I would have went a different route. But then I got Kendrick. Dope. You got Kendrick. I have Drake. Okay. Um, I'm going to take Jay-Z. I will then go with Lupe as my next pick. All right. Uh, we, we, so you were talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Right now. All right. Uh, then I shall take. Oh boy. Uh, shit. I'm gonna take Chance. Okay. Good. Thank you. I'll take Royce. Okay. As my third, your mumble rap rapper. My mumble rap rapper. I'm gonna do the Freebird rule and take Migos. <laughs> That's so unfair. <laughs> <laughs> That's like taking Miz and the Miztourage. But all right, they all come together, I guess. Uh, you're taking me. He goes, I am going to be unpopular and bypass future for Lil Yachty. Damn, you're taking Lil Yachty. Is Uzi Vert considered a mob rapper? Yes, yes, Uzi Vert is. I'm surprised you didn't pick him. No, excuse okay. me. Oh, no, wait, I might... I'll go Uzi Vert over Yachty. Yeah, scratch that. I'll go Uzi Vert instead of Yachty. You're you're right. You know you know my affinity for Uzi Vert. And so, then for my female rapper, I'm going to take Rhapsody. I knew that was coming. As soon as I wrote this down, I was like, I already know who he's choosing. Yeah. What other woman rapper I'm going to take? I'm not going to take Nicki, and I'm not going to. I would take I'm Remy Ma. I'm taking Bob. Cardi B. BX stand up. Cardi yeah, see, B is my female rapper. See, like. <sighs> You just like we just picked a bunch of rappers from today. Um, if I was going off of straight lyrics, I would have picked different. But I'm talking about cultural impact and how big they are. That's my team. So that's cool. It's like you you took, and this is what I want to see. You took people the same way you would take wrestlers. It's you took the technically sound guys, like you took the wrestlers wrestlers. Yeah. And I had to mix it up. You know, I, I took you know a guy like a Cena type, but then I also you know threw someone in there. That's, you know, not the Charlotte or the traditional. You took the Oscar of the crew. I'm taking them Alexa Bliss. <laughs> like, you know, you got to go for different types. So those are our teams. I'll actually write this out in one of the tweets so you guys can decide who has the better Survivor Series hip-hop team. We'll see. Uh, people love siding with you, but, you know, I got a chance. I think Cardi B really rounds out my squad. Um, let's get into boxing, though, before we dive into wrestling later. Boxing, De La Hoya. Training for Mayweather, or excuse me, for McGregor. That's all you think I want to talk about in boxing right now. De La Hoya training for McGregor. Oh, it's incredible, man. 2017. Do you want to see this fight? Fuck no. And fuck Oscar for even saying this. As much <laughs> as he shitted on the, the Mayweather McGregor fight, the fact that he's now supposedly training for this fight that he's not going to get. Uh, is ridiculous. And it makes him look bad. It makes Golden Boy as a crew, a record label, and a collective look like shit. Um, it's, this is terrible. Uh, I mean, it's a desperate cry for money because you know that your brand is sinking. And, uh, you know, I think it's based off the interview he did on one of the shows where he said he can knock out McGregor in two rounds. And I don't even think he can do that. So, this is pathetic. 
Uh, <laughs> I wish Oscar would have stuck by his guns, but you know, Coke. Everyone, everyone wants the paycheck. <laughs> Every, They're not gonna does. get. It's just the crazy thing is, you, all you're doing is further empowering Conor McGregor. That's, That's it. all you're doing. Like you're Oscar De La Hoya, man. Like nobody wants to see you back in a boxing ring. Cut it out. Cut it out. All right. So going from that red panty night to a lesser paid fight, but probably the best boxing match we're going to get this week, in my opinion. Uh, J-Rock is on his way back. J-Rock was always dope. It's going to be here in Vegas. I'm going to watch it. Him versus Ishay Smith is a Mayweather promotions card. Are you going to the fight? Yeah, I'm going to the fight. All right. Even though it's the same night as NXT TakeOver, I'm going to the fight. Me and Dre in the building. Yeah, uh, I got to be on a freeze for TakeOver. That means I might have to raid your crib and your liquor cabinet the next day and watch it with you. But, um, yeah, so it's a good matchup. Ishe's 39 now. I interviewed him. He's still hungry, but don't know quite what he has left. Question is, what does J-Rock have left? And, and we see that now. You know, we've been saying boxers, it's boxing. You can take a loss. But that was one hell of a loss he took to Charlo. Can he bounce back? This, uh, Ishe Smith is a tough fight for anybody. And nobody likes to fight Ishe Smith because he's extremely durable. Um, he's not extraordinarily powerful, but he's technically sound. Uh, he's a good fight to figure out where you're at. And in the case of Julian Williams, it's like, you got washed by Charlo, who apparently the Charlos just wash everybody now. Um, <laughs> you might as well call those two brothers the laundromat because they are just washing everybody in sight. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see if Julian Williams can bounce back. Um, getting flatlined like that uh, takes a lot out of a fighter, but some fighters figure things out. Uh, personally, I think he's going to have a really tough time with, with Ishe Smith. I don't know if he can beat him. His best bet is activity. Uh, and he's got to stay active, and he's got to figure out a way to, uh, you know, be be a little bit more active because Ishe is a slow starter. Get the early rounds in the bank and force Ishe to fight from behind. That's the only way you can really beat Ishe Smith. If you let him get ahead of you, then you're in trouble. But uh, I mean, it should be a good fight. Uh, I'm interested in this fight. There's what else is this weekend? There's a, is there any other fights this weekend? That's it. Yeah, I think there was one more, but that was the one that caught my eye, probably because we're going to be there. Um. But yeah, yeah. no, that, that's it. I mean, boxing is boxing right now, right? We had an exciting weekend last weekend um, with it, and then we're kind of on the, the downturn for a second until Lomachenko and Rigondeaux pick us back up. Yeah, I mean, we had Danny Jacobs fought over the weekend. He, he just had his return fight. Um, oh, and Danny Jacobs I, looked great, by the way. Yeah, I mean, he looked like Danny Jacobs. He looks like a guy that nobody's going to want to fight at 160. So... Uh, good for him. He's back. Uh, I'm curious to see if he gets the winner of the the, uh, the Saunders fight, which would probably be Billy Joe Saunders. Well, it could be David Lemieux. I'm interested in seeing him fight either of those guys and set himself up for the winner of the Triple G Canelo rematch, unless that shit turns to a trilogy. Um, but which you're probably, Danny, I don't. I don't expect Canelo to fight him. Who, Danny Jacobs? Yeah, Danny Jacobs. Yeah, I mean the good thing about. The 160-pound division right now is that there is the one division where politics will not have a huge play on where these fighters go. They are they can all fight each other. Yeah, there is no PBC involved really. Like for the most part, everybody that you want to see fight is not in some kind of cold war with another promoter. So that opens things up. I mean, 
And then in the case of Canelo, if, I mean, if the char, you know, if the Charles keep on beating up people, you're gonna have to fight him. <laughs> you're gonna have to fight Jamal. So it's like you can't really get away from it. And you know, Danny Jacobs, like you can't get away from it. One sixty is a very interesting division. So if he's Canelo, he wants to stay at one sixty. He's gonna have to fight a Charlo. Uh, maybe if PBC will play nice with him, but he'll have to fight Danny Jacobs. You can't get around him. He's going to beat everybody. He's going to beat the winner of Saunders and Lemieux. Yeah, Let's just is. go ahead and write that down now. Yeah. So you're going to have to fight him. You can't escape. And Triple G, that was one hell of a war with him. I, I thought that fight was closer than the Canelo fight. Yeah. I, I mean, I did too. And I, but I always said that Jacobs was a tougher fight for Triple G than Canelo. Even though the Canelo fight was close, I just think Danny Jacobs is a guy that you really don't want to fight. And I still, I'm going to stay, stay to it. I think Danny Jacobs beats Canelo. If they fought right now, I'm picking Danny Jacobs. Yeah, because he's so much bigger than even Triple G was against Canelo. And that's his whole game, right? Like, just be the bigger man. And it helped him against Triple G. I mean, be the bigger be man. a lot bigger than Canelo. He'd be bigger. I mean, he punches hard. He's a great counterpuncher. Like, when he fights, he can fight off his back foot. Uh, there's a lot of things that Danny Jacobs brings to the table that would make it hard for Canelo to deal with. So, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the 160 plays out. Um, you know, but junior middleweight with Ishe Smith and uh, and J Rock, that'll also be interesting to watch how that plays out because 154 is a very intriguing division right now. So boxing's in a pretty good place. Even the heavyweights are interesting. So 2018 shaping up to be good. Um, but yeah, we got this fight to watch this weekend. I don't know how many other people will be watching it. Most of you guys who are wrestling fans will be watching Takeover. I ask you, please don't spoil shit for me. Too many of you guys are on your timeline. <laughs> They go like, did you see that? No, I didn't see it. If I'm not tweeting about it, I'm not watching it. <laughs> yeah, don't have, don't have Dre mute you for the weekend. Um, I'm block you to everybody. <laughs> uh, let's talk about UFC, man. So so much craziness. Uh, let's talk about Connor and Bellator, first off. Oh, Jesus Christ. He jumped into the cage celebrating. I'm in the minority, which I'm not trying to, you know, give Connor the pass. But I thought, you know, it's Connor McGregor. He jumps in the cage. He's celebrating with his teammate. I thought that was normal. Obviously, all the stuff came out before the fight actually aired. I didn't know that the fight wasn't stopped. I thought it was a knockout, and he was celebrating a knockout. And then the ref kind of pulls him apart. Connor says something to him. We can't hear what the ref says back. And it led to the big hoopla that Bellator was quick, quick to promote and use in their favor. And then, you know, we're talking about Connor being punished and all this stuff in the UFC. UFC ain't doing nothing, nothing to Conor McGregor. Um, but Bellator surely cashed out on, on his little run-in, which I'm sure made Dana mad than, more mad than anything else. I mean, it's Conor, man. He's a superstar. The dude <laughs> does essentially whatever he wants. Like he's, like he's like the ghostwriter for Bellator. Like Nobody was planning on watching Bellator, and they saw Conor McGregor. Like, how does a guy from the, uh, a rival promotion not even fighting his presence alone had them eclipse a million view, viewers. That's insane. <laughs> wasn't even the like, main event. No, it wasn't even the main event. But people wanted to see the madness of Conor McGregor. And it's, again, you're empowering him. By putting him in your promotional material, you are empowering Conor McGregor to... to and ultimately, I guess the UFC should feel bad about this because he's going to rake them over the coals for his return fight. Everybody knew he wasn't going to fight in December. That shit wasn't happening. No. There was no way they were going to negotiate a deal. Uh, and that fraudulent-ass punishment saying, oh, he won't be at UFC 219. No shit he wasn't going to be fighting in UFC 219. 
he wasn't even booked for it. How are you going to punish somebody for something they weren't even at? So it's, it's, that's ridiculous. It's Connor, man. He's the biggest star in uh, all promotions. Easily. Easily. There's, there's nothing like Connor McGregor. He's, he's bigger than the sport. He's something completely different. He's a whole different monster at this point, and he's acting like it. So we never know what's, what's going to be next. The question is, does this sidetrack him? Is he doing too no. much? Like, does he lose focus? Absolutely not. Uh, you know, I, I, got, I had the, the privilege to watch the Conor McGregor movie, the documentary, uh, in advance. Hey, about a week shout ago. out to you for saying my voice is in it. Yeah, your voice is in it at the end when you ask Conor if he's still interested in going after two titles from that day that we visited him at the gym. Uh, your voice is at the end. I heard it. I was like, is that Kel's voice? I was like, it sure is. So you are in the Conor McGregor film at the end. It's right before the show. when Because uh, the, the, the movie is bookended by his uh, second fight with Nick Diaz. It starts at like the, the third round. And then it goes all the way back to the beginning. Well, not the beginning. His early MMA career. And then it catches us up to that fight. Um, but then after that, obviously, has to talk about him beating Eddie Alvarez, and the credits include the entire Mayweather-McGregor World Tour. Um, but when you watch this this documentary, the most fascinating part about it is the fact that four years ago, there's they show Conor McGregor looking at bill collectors, like they're just stacked up, and he's like, "Fuck these guys!" Like he's the same guy, but he's broke, <laughs> living with his parents. You know, D. Delvin, his girlfriend. Uh, they're both living with his parents, and he's trying to find a way out. But his discipline to the sport, he's a student of the game, has never changed, no matter how much money he got. Like, there's a whole segment on him getting ready to fight Jose Aldo before he pulls out and gets replaced by Chad Mendes, where McGregor has a knee injury, and they catch it on film. And he's like, I'm not telling Dana. And he's working through this knee injury, and it's just like you look at this man, other people would have pulled out of the fight. Or when he loses to Nick D, uh, Nate Diaz and he says, I pussied out. Like he talks about being choked out. And the next day he's back in training trying to figure out his cardio and to right his wrongs. So that, that film in itself is a revelation because there's so many things that we never got to see. Um, they, they show when, when uh, Dana and Lorenzo Fertitta show up at the, uh, the Mac Mansion to tell Connor that Jose's not fighting. And the look on Connor's face, he's like, well, fuck. And he's like, well, fuck. who am I going to fight then? Like, there was never a thought for him to wait or do something else. He was like, I'm fighting somebody. I'm in, like, in his head, he's like, I'm injured. I'm fighting somebody. I don't care. So that, I just don't think he ever really truly loses focus. I mean, the fact, you know, granted, he didn't, people try to, you know, over, uh, over analyze his performance against Floyd Mayweather and said he did good. No, he didn't do good. He got carried. However, the fact that Conor McGregor was able to dedicate himself to that discipline, he never lost focus. So this shit is just, I, I guarantee you, he's back there training. Just he waiting, he, waiting on the money. But the train is not falling off. Yeah, I, I love he's, it. Well, when does it come out? I can't wait to watch it. Um, I think it's on iTunes at the end of the week or next week. It, it goes on iTunes. And I think it's like a short run in theaters. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really good, man. I was... I was I thought it was a really good documentary. And it just it's crazy because you look at the fact that Conor McGregor's done this in four years. He went from being flat, busted, broke to cashing an $80 million check in four years' time. And he actually he fought Floyd Mayweather, who, a guy who wasn't flat broke. Like When he started his professional boxing career, Floyd Mayweather was getting a stipend from top rank, which I guarantee was more than what Conor was making in MMA. 
So it's crazy to see how big he became in such a short amount of time, which also means that it can end just as fast. But, dude, he is he's a phenomenon. He's truly a phenomenal fighter, and it could end at any time, but he continues to prove people wrong. It's, it's the greatest short run since Tyson. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and not to discount is, what Ronda did, but that shit's not on the level of Connor. It's, it's Tyson and then Connor at this point. It, it's quick flash runs. Yeah, I mean, Ronda was was pretty damn significant too. She just didn't have the business acumen that Connor had, which is crazy because considering Connor is like broke, his team was broke. He just had the intuition to know. What he wanted. Ronda never really knew what she wanted. Ronda could have been Conor McGregor because she was huge, covering every magazine. Mm-hmm. I mean, she brought the sport into the mainstream. I mean, you really think about what Ronda did for the UFC. In, in hindsight, we'd look at it and be like, ah, well, she was a farce. But she wasn't. She was really transcending the sport. Uh, she just didn't really know what to do with that star power. Conor, on the other hand, knows how to maximize the star potential and turn it into dollar bills. Makes him a completely different beast. Tyson couldn't even do that. You know, Tyson was just a savage in the ring, but his outside of the ring antics are what made him a superstar. But he really never knew how to cash out. Don King knew how to cash out on Mike Tyson. I was about to say, Don King cashed the hell out. Yeah, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor are very similar. Though Floyd is just, he's done this for so much longer. But Floyd is really a self-made superstar. Like, the UFC couldn't even contain Conor McGregor. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. Um, All right. Moving on from the world of Conor McGregor, injuries was the other talking point in the UFC this week. Uh, Dominic Cruz out. Anderson Silva pops again. Frankie Edgar injured. What's the biggest loss from this past week? Uh, Frankie Edgar. Uh, That Frankie Edgar-Max Holloway fight was a fight that was going to really make Max Holloway. And now we're getting to see Max Holloway-Jose Aldo too. Which Which is crazy because he just flattened Aldo. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it just really shows you how thin that division is. Because, honestly, they could have went to Cub Swanson route, right? But they didn't want to. Because Cubs had one more fight in his contract. Would it take him renegotiate his contract? You'll see him feel like dealing with that shit. Um, and then, is, who else is it? Is Yair? No, fuck no. I mean, Yair got washed by Frankie Edgar. Yeah, but Styles no. make fights. And yeah, you, you put care. over a young star. Nah. You're, you're or you tell me rankings one. care? Yo, listen. Go for the gusto. Nah. Plus, Jose's a bigger pull than Yair Rodriguez. Yair in a main event against Max Holloway. Nobody cares about that fight. Um, no, not to say that people really care about Jose Aldo, but he's a bigger draw than Yair Rodriguez. Yeah, I just saw got... him get run over, though. Like, this is... What is he, one in two in his last three fights? Yeah. I mean, And that's the over the, the course is, of maybe three years. Yeah, but he's still the top contender in that division. Even though rankings don't mean shit, which we'll discuss shortly, but the fact of the matter is that division is extremely thin. Cub Swanson would have been a semi-fresh face, uh, but we've seen that too. So it's, it's, it just shows you the division is thin. They needed Frankie Edgar, and he was a huge loss to a, a very, very, very stacked card. Yeah, that one hurts. Um, Anderson Silva's a wrap. This is it. I don't, listen, man. You, you don't fail this many tests by mistake. So just walk away. <laughs> walk away. Let, let people start remembering the heyday and get out of this haze that he's in. He's 42, man. It's over. Yeah. That's it. It's over. That or you're in Bellator. But it's over. Like, just, just walk away. Um, Dominic Cruz injured. Whenever I hear that, just 
makes my skin crawl. But if the guy can do one thing, he could bounce back. I just hope they get Jimmy Rivera a fight. Yeah, and this is another tough one because it's, it's, you look at Jimmy Rivera, who was on a 20-fight winning streak, and it's like, all right, well, Dominic Cruz is hurt, so where does he go from here? Um, I don't know. And you makes you wonder, like, I mean, could they pay TJ enough to defend his title? But that doesn't even make sense. I, it's, it's all bad. The question like is, the UFC. can Cody come back? Like, how bad was Cody rocked? Because this would be a great fight for Cody to put himself right back in an immediate title shot. That is true, but I, I know he. I think he got a forty-five day suspension for being knocked out. Um, so they, they're not going to go that route with Cody. I mean, I mean it would be nice. It'd be a great opportunity. Like, yeah, it's. it's, it's I mean, the Bisping got washed too. You tell me, Bisping was any worse for the wear? <sighs> this way, he's right no, back at right. another fight. Like, so they booked him already. Yeah, I, dude, uh, a lot sooner. So I mean, it it is what it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I just hope they get Jimmy a fight because you and the plus UFC two nineteen is looking very dry right now. Could bleak, like we're gonna be at the Shake Shack all night. If you guys are in yeah. town, holla at us, people. You know, New Year's weekend, Shake Shack on deck. Uh, thank you, UFC, for the vouchers. So it's on the house. <laughs> um, yeah, now UFC two nineteen is rough, but we might get Diaz versus Woodley that we touched on earlier. Oh, Do you expect Christ. more big announcement? Like I. I hope Cyborg's on the card. Um, I'm not sure exactly what's taking so long with that. Negotiation and finding somebody willing to fight her. Holly Holm just, I mean, it, it seems to be right there. Like, they shit else. Like, her versus Holly, <laughs> let's go. Or the chick from Invicta who was supposed to fight her originally. Uh, Megan Davis. I, 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 don't, I don't know what's going on with Cyborg in the UFC. I can't. And I haven't taken the time, like, I've kind of checked out of MMA for the past week in the sense of trying to, you know, break any stories or anything like that. I really don't care. Um, and I, but I'll probably reach out to Cyborg's manager because I'm just really curious. Like, what the hell is going on? How is she not booked? And she's just got this really weird relationship with the UFC. Yeah, um, she wants to fight. They yeah, just are very hesitant <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is, but... Yeah, um, I guess we should talk about this Nate Diaz, Tyron Woodley thing. It's absolute horseshit. That's what it is. <laughs> well, okay, that's that's simple. Um, I mean, I, it's it's the catalyst because you take a shot at somehow, some way, the two percent chance that Nate Diaz can actually beat Tyron Woodley, and that Conor McGregor trilogy. At 170 is now for a third title for Connor. And that shit makes him legendary. Yeah, see, I get that, but it completely like just just say fuck the rankings. Like, why do we have these? Why who cares? Like No one cares. And they never apply to Connor McGregor. No, they don't, but this would be a very stacked welterweight division that Nate Diaz would essentially leapfrog the entire division coming off of a loss and over a, uh, what is it, almost two-year hiatus to fight for the title? Come on, man. <laughs> like, I mean, that, this is, I mean, stranger things. Obviously, Bisping fighting Henderson, at least there was a narrative that Henderson had beat Bisping. And I still don't even approve of that fight. But... Tyron Willie and Nate Diaz is absolutely ridiculous. It makes no sense. But, I, but that perspective of trying to set up this super fight 
but it's going to blow up because Tyron Willie's not going to lose in eight No, he ain't going to lose. Once again, it's a very slim chance. But at this point, they're just taking the slim chance. Like, what if? What if it so, finally breaks perfectly for the UFC? They no, break down a lot. No, because they try the same thing. GSP, it was GSP versus Silva was like one fight away, and Silva gets wrecked. Yeah, like, yeah that GSP Silva fight wasn't happening. <laughs> well, shit never falls right for them, man. No, yeah, but like the thing is, I'm curious if they pull this fight together, how much are they paying Nate Diaz to come back to fight Tyron Woods? Three times as much as Tyron's getting. So, so if Tyron's on 500, if Tyron is on, it's only going to probably pull 750. Nate has to get so, a guaranteed two, two and a half. So this is making, it makes it even worse because it clearly tells you that WME IMG doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. But furthermore, it says our challenger who hasn't won a fight against anybody that's a true welterweight is going to get a title shot and make three times more than the champion of the division. Correct. It's all kinds of fucked up. All types of all, fucked up. But they don't have a union, so no one can say anything. You got to yeah, eat it's, it. It's, bad. It's, it's really bad. It's bad matchmaking. It's, it's a bad precedent. Um, I mean, it, I get it if you don't want to go the Colby Covington right route because you don't feel like there's enough star power for UFC 219. Like You would have to really stack the card. But... You know, Luke Thomas on Twitter made the point. He's like, if the UFC is having such a great year, as Dana White says, couldn't they just have a regular title fight and just move on? But they're really trying to blow it out because the UFC has struggled. With the exception of UFC 217, this has been a really down year. Yeah. And they just have to face the facts. I don't care what they say. We've had some good fights, but cards have lost main events left and right. We lost Khabib and Tony. We lost Amanda and Shevchenko. Like, we're just losing fights left and right. We lost Max and Frankie. Uh, we lost Co- uh, Cody and TJ at, at, was it 214, 213? I don't even know anymore. 13, I uh, John, Yeah, John Jones gets popped after winning. Like, you've had a shitty year. And they're trying to rectify that by, with a year-end card that's going to try to save the sword. It sucks. Man. It's not going to happen. No, nah, just in a bad place. Um you know, with bad people and just bad management. I mean, you can't put it all on Dana White because I know WME has a lot to say about matchmaking and how they're going to make this money back that they from this lemon that they bought. But you're not going to make it back like this. No. Like you're really is. you're gonna you're gonna retinate Diaz yeah. with Tyron Woodley. And I know that there's still the idea of the Connor Nate Diaz trilogy coming to fruition. But how difficult is it to justify? If Tyron Woodley goes out there and murders Nate Diaz, let's just say that happens. He mauls him. Yeah. Connor would then have to fight Tony. And then there's no reason to fight Nate. Because Nate would come off of two losses. Connor's fighting Nate. I mean, Tony, anyway. I think that's kind of done deal for March. I think that's the route they're going to go. They're going to make that announcement. You got three weeks, three months of promo. I think Tony will do a great job building towards the fight. I think that's pretty much a done deal. But if Nate gets wrecked by Tyron Woodley, how difficult is it to justify whatever Nate's asking for for a trilogy with Connor? It's like you lost two fights, dude. Yeah. I don't, maybe they're trying to talk him down. I don't know. It's not going to work with him. Because the common people aren't going to care that he lost. They're going to want to see a trilogy. Uh, but again, it's just if you're coming to the negotiating table and it's like, well, people want to see this fight, $20 million, get the fuck out of here. He oh, just he, lost two yeah. fights. No, he's never getting twenty million. He better take this three to four and be happy. No one makes three to four in this damn company. 
No, but it's just the precedent the UFC is setting by allowing these things to happen. Like, there's no reason Nate should fight Tyron. And I get it also from Tyron's perspective. It's like, yeah, sure, I'll fight him. That's my biggest payday. Yeah. Like, I, I, get, I get that. I get all the, the Tyron things should look at happening. it as light work. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's going to take the fight. But it's just, that's not the guy who should be fighting for the title. No, light it's work, not. big payday. We can't, can't beat that. Um, we're going to take a break real quick. We got wrestling to talk about. And you guys stay tuned. Right after the break, we'll come back. Survivor Series weekend. A lot of stuff to recap. All right, everybody. Before we continue to talk more combat sports, we got to give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses combine two technologies, springing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like floating on air. It's that great. And this is how we get our sleep. So you guys make sure that you check it out. Casper mattresses are made in the USA and have free shipping and returns to the US and Canada. Shout out to the great North. You can buy your Casper mattress easy online and it's completely risk-free. Look, dude, you spend like a third of your life sleeping, and Casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit. Look, so if you aren't satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got a 100-day period. Yeah, that's right, 100 days. You know, like, 100 days of sleeping, by, by about that time, I think I know if I like my mattress. So get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size, and you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's Casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to save fifty dollars towards the Casper purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Look again, man. I like to sleep, and these things are for real. Make it happen. But now it's time to get back to talking combat sports. So stay with us. All right, everybody. Welcome back from the break. Instead of just rushing through NXT and WWE because it's a long show. We're just going to give it its own show. So you know what? We're giving you two episodes this week. Tomorrow, all wrestling for that one. I'm sure Dre is not going to mind that. Andres, you down for another show this week? Yeah, I mean, considering <laughs> Survivor Series and NXT are like a week long anyways, they deserve their own show. All right, let's get it. So make sure you guys check back tomorrow for a special Survivor Series episode. Until then, though, we're out. Peace. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.